One, two, one, two. King James and Kobe. Two, two, two. It was the day before Christmas Day. I just put brand new rims on my sleigh in the kitchen. Cooking, making some hash. I got a call from Blitzen, talking some trash, saying, Oh, St. Nicky, don't you see? You and your boys will never beat me. So you can tell Kobe and tell LeBron that you can meet me at the court and they'll be out, 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 out. Yo, what y'all, what y'all know about that? What y'all, what y'all know about them Nike puppies, them Kobe and LeBron Nike puppies? Man, I used to love those. I used to love watching every one of those. I was just watching one of those before I got on today. And I'm, and I'm in a good mood now. Give me good mood, good mood. Reminiscing on some good times. Those, uh, I, I used to love those commercials. They, they were some good commercials. Commercials don't hit the same anymore anymore. They don't hit the same anymore. I mean, who really watches commercials anymore anyway, but... Who knows? I don't know. Anyways, welcome to another episode of the Ath Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and it has been a minute. So let me give y'all a quick recap. Okay, you know what's been going on. No, it's, we ain't been putting out like we usually do. But I mean, I just started a new job. I'm trying to get adjusted, trying to get back on a schedule, trying to figure some things out right now. Uh, spells, he getting the house, he moving with the moving the family, and he getting everything situated himself. So he got, and he in school, he got a lot going on. Spin got school. It's just, it's been, it's been a busy, it's been a busy, busy, busy time right now. A very, very busy time. So, hey, so the, the episode, they might not be, they might not be coming out as frequent as they usually do uh we're gonna always post and give y'all a heads up whenever they do do come out though and whenever they're not coming out we're gonna post on the twitter page and say hey no episode this week really just that simple but um be ready guys because you know the fall season of anime coming up so be ready within the next couple days i'm probably gonna drop my anime episode you know the anime preview like i always do I've been slacking, like I said, but we'll go more into depth on that on that anime episode. This episode is all about the 2013 NBA redraft. We didn't do a redraft last week, and so we we back on it this week. This draft, whew, this is thought of as one of the worst drafts in recent memory. And they're right. This this is this is pretty pretty garbage draft i spent i spent usually it doesn't take me that long on these draft classes because i'm like oh what my process is usually going like this hey uh let me look at it oh 2014 draft let me just look at the names real quick oh x y and z oh i know most of these players it's not that big a deal and i just start or i remember some of the players from those drafts and i just i just come out here like okay i look at the list i'm like yeah Easy. All right, I'm gonna pick this person one through whatever, and I'm just gonna move on. And I got my, I got my team. And I just come on here and I just start talking because it doesn't take that long. The process usually isn't that long with these other jazz. This one, this one took a minute. This one, now this one, I, I, I can't. I don't know how long. I, I was on this for a couple days. I was on this draft for a couple days, and even after a couple days, I still don't have that much to say about this draft. Like this draft class was very very not good not good i'm not i'm not saying like it was like they like they they produce some good players but if you just look at the all the entire lottery you're like dang golly that person went fourth that person went fifth 
That person was a lottery pick. Oh my god! It produced. It didn't produce like a lot of, lot of stars, all stars, you know, fringe all stars, like players like that. Which you know you expect the draft class to usually come. This came a kind of a lot of rotational pieces, a lot of you know starter caliber players, but players aren't going to jump. Not a lot of number one options on this list. Actually, in my opinion, there's only one number one option on this list. The rest of them. They'll never lead your team to a championship as their number one. Probably not even as the number two. There's a lot of like number three, number four options on here. But like I said, quality starters, good players, but lead it as a number one player on your team. I just don't see it happening. But anyways, let me go ahead and give you the original draft. The original draft went like this. With the first pick, Cleveland went with Anthony Bennett. If y'all remember Anthony Bennett, that man did not last because he was garbage. He was a good. I feel like if he was, I don't actually. I don't know. I I, I always like to give people the benefit of that. I feel like if he didn't have that pressure as the number one pick, and you would have saw him go like 18, 19, 20, I feel like he'd still be in the NBA today just as a solid rotational piece. But trying to be the number one option and them trying to run their offense to him and trying to give him as not well not necessarily run off but give him as many shots as possible and he just couldn't do it and he just couldn't produce i mean it is what it is he they get there's one thing they can't say is they didn't give him like you can't say that they didn't give him plenty of opportunities and plenty of chances because they did and he just didn't work out at number one uh number two orlando went with victor oladipa you know, <clears throat> my biggest, the my first memory, my the the memory I remember the most of Victor Oladipo in Orlando, his rookie year. It was a tough sequence. I remember I was watching the game. Um, Darren Williams was coming down the court. Victor Oladipo like basically just bullied him for the ball, went down court and scored. And I was like, dang, I like Victor Oladipo. I, I was a big fan of Victor Oladipo, and I I, I liked him a lot. And then after seeing, that, I was like, oh yeah. This man gonna be nice, you know. We we've seen how Victor Oladipo's doing right now, you know, struggling with injury, trying to bounce back to that those all star that all star time he had while he was in Indiana. We're gonna see how he goes right now. Um, number three, Washington went with Otto Porter. Make it rain, you already know how it is. Uh, he was a he's a good shooter. He's a he's a really good shooter. I think he's like six eight, six nine, maybe six ten, somewhere between six eight and six ten. A tall wing can shoot the ball, shoot the lights out. Got that big contract. They they definitely overpaid him, um, but he's not. You know, you know what you're getting with Auto Porter. He's just gonna space the floor, shoot. Quality starter, not an all star, not anything more than a quality starter in a league that's gonna space the floor. Uh, number four, Charlotte went with Cody Zeller. Uh, he was, I think, I think, yeah, he's one of the few players on this list. That's still on his, you know, original team. He's a, yeah, yeah. He's still, yeah, he's still with Charlotte. He's he's one of the few players that's on his original team. Um, Cody Ziller, he 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 looked good in college, just like uh, his brother. They both looked really good in college, but I mean, he didn't really translate into the NBA to what people thought he was going to be. He's a quality center. Um, you can say he's a starting caliber center. You can say he's a good quality center off the bench. Either one. I don't think he's a championship level center or a playoff contender level center. But if you just need a, but he can be a center in this league. He he is a top thirty, you know, center in this league. So there, there's that. 
Um, number five, Phoenix went with Alex Lynn. Another big man didn't pan out. Um, number six, this was really the uh, Hornets pick, but this because this I think this is a year they went to they changed to the Pelicans, or this was the last year they were to. I think this you see this was either the year they switched from Hornets to Pelicans, or this was the last year they were Hornets. Um, I can't remember exactly. They they were they were in the process of the transition from the Hornets to the Pelicans. So the Hornets had this pick, but they traded to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia took Nerlens Noel. And Nerlens Noel, everybody know how he was coming out of college. Supposed to be a really good shot blocker, elite shot blocker, protective paint. He can be. He can be the. He's supposed to be the best defensive big man coming out of this draft. We know that's not how it turned out because there's another big man in here that end up being the best defensive big man in the draft, and then you have another player on here that's another. Much better defender than he is. That's already got so we got two big men already on this list and this draft that got defense player of the year. So we see that Nerland Lowell didn't actually turn out to be that best defensive player. Um Sacramento <coughs> excuse me. Y'all know I'm always I struggle with allergies all the time. Y'all, if you frequent with the show, you know there's one thing that's guaranteed, and that is I will be struggling with allergies. I don't know why. But that's always going to be a thing. But anyways, number seven, the Sacramento Kings took Ben Macklemore. I said Macklemore right there. I can't even speak right now. They took Ben Macklemore right here. And I remember everybody was talking about he was supposed to be the next Ray Allen. He was supposed to be a shooter, athletic. We're not talking about, like, Boston, Miami, Ray Allen. This was supposed to be Milwaukee Bucks, Ray Allen. They they were talking about he was the next Ray Allen. This man was supposed to be a bucket, and he – he is. He's still nice. He just not. He didn't live up to that Ray Allen comparison. Um, number eight, Detroit win with KCP. KCP. We all know what he is. He caught a lot of slander. Um, yeah, last year or the year before last, because of his little sequence with the playoffs and everything. Him and Danny Green, they were they were being scapegoated a lot on the Lakers championship run. But you know, KCP still a good, solid uh, starter in this league. Good. Sh- player to space the floor, plays hard defense. He can be a starter. He can come off the bench for you, but still a solid, you know, NBA caliber player. He He's definitely going to – you don't have to worry about him losing his job anytime soon. He's still going to be there for quite a while. He got, he got plenty of years left in him. Um, number nine, Minnesota. I believe this one – they traded this one to Utah because like, it's Utah's pick, but I believe they got it from Minnesota. Um, they took Trey Burke. Trey Burke, you know, undersized guard, was was pretty solid, pretty solid. Didn't really pan out, didn't really turn out to be, you know, deserving of that lottery pick. But when you look at the other options around him, it's like, eh, I can see why they decided to go with Trey Burke at the time. Like I said, this was a weak draft anyway. 10, Portland went with C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum, you know, undersized guard, but he was a bucket. He's show like continuous growth throughout his whole entire career. No, he got slacked too last year because of not being able to assist Dame and everybody was saying he wasn't a legit second option to Dame because he Dame dropped 50 and they were still, you know, struggling and everything. You saw Dame leaving it all on the table, having an all-time great performance and they still couldn't pull together because he didn't have the adequate adequate help and a lot of that falls on CJ McCollum. Um, 11, 
Philadelphia took rookie of the year MCW. You know, Michael Carter Williams came out, balled out game one. I'm so glad I drafted him too. I drafted him in fantasy that year. I remember in fantasy, I took him and then he had that crazy game against the Miami Heat. He and he almost had a quadruple double first game in his career. He had like two or three like crazy games like to start off his NBA career. And then he started gradually slowing down. And I think I traded him like mid season in fantasy because he started cooling down. His efficiency started dropping. But we all know what the MCW effect is. It's pretty. It's pretty common knowledge if you're on social media now. Everybody knows what the MCW effect is. So don't really got to go much into that. Uh, number twelve. Oklahoma City took Steven Adams. Um, this was a this was a interesting pickup. I mean, they especially since OKC at the time needed spacing, but it also doesn't surprise me because OKC was big at the time on defense, defense, defense. But they didn't really have floor spacing to, to complement Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. But it is what it is. They like they like their defense. They built a defensive team. <clears throat> I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Who knows what would have happened if they had more floor spacing? You can you can blame Russ for all those times with OKC, but I'm not going to put all the blame on Russ. Yes, he didn't always make great decisions, but they also didn't have floor spacing. So you don't you have players beside you that can't really shoot, and you have KD and Russ, and that's not really you know they're not really getting used to their strengths and everything. But anyways, 13, Dallas had this pick. They traded to Boston. It was Kelly Olenek, you know, Celtics legend for that playoff run and everything. Uh, number 14, the Timberwolves took Shabazz Muhammad. Uh, he was supposed to be, you know, a solid forward, could space the floor, do a little bit of everything. He didn't really pan out to what he was supposed to be. Number 15, Milwaukee Bucks took a chance on Giannis Antetokounmpo. At the time, a lot of people were giving them slack because they were like, he's a project player. They didn't really know what he was going to turn into. Y'all got to remember, this isn't the Giannis we see right now, the 6'11", muscle-bound, you know, power forward. This was like a – he wasn't even 6'11". He was measuring like 6'8", 6'9", I believe. He was scrawny. He, man was under 200 pounds. Um couldn't really, really raw, couldn't really do much. They, they were just betting on his potential. He was even playing shooting guard at this time. He wasn't even at the power forward. You got to think he moved from shooting guard to power forward. That lets you know how the muscle and everything else built up for him. So, you know, Milwaukee took um, Giannis at 15. Why am I even doing 15? I, I forgot. I forgot. I always say I know we're going to 16, but I'm at the – I'm not doing – 16 on this draft i'm not i'm not doing six, all i'm like 16 players on this we're just gonna do the actual lottery this time because this i don't i don't have enough to say about this draft already so i, I don't see myself really going i might i might we'll see how it goes um like mid thing if i if the timing looks like i have a if i speed through this too fast which i think i'm gonna speed through this then i might be like okay let me throw in 15 and 16 but if i don't speed through this <coughs> excuse me, then you're not going to hear me do 15 and 16 because this, this draft is already bad enough. But anyways, other notable players, sorry, <coughs> man, this is not ideal. Sorry, I am back. I had to get some water, boy. Y'all heard me coughing. I was over here dying. Golly, I got to, 
I got to do some of these. I don't, I don't know what I can. I started taking allergy medicine. I take, I take medicine twice a day, every day. Use the nasal drive, do everything. Cough drops, bags on bags, and I just, I just can't beat these allergies. Like I just, I don't understand how I have allergies year round. But anyways, other notable players out of this draft, you got Robert Covington, Seth Curry. They both went undrafted. You got Daniel Tice. You got Rudy Gobert. You got James Ennis, Tony Snell, Dennis Schroeder, Andre Robinson. So, you know, that's it, Robinson. Roberson. Yeah, my fault. Um, there's just there's there's a there's a lot of interesting players coming out of this draft. Um, that's just that's just I don't I don't I don't know. Like I said, I still don't I don't see much coming out of this draft. You, you see the other names I named. And you see why I say this is an all-time bad draft. But anyway, let's start with the redraft. With the first pick of the 2013 NBA redraft, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers making the right decision and taking Giannis Antetokounmpo. Here's the thing. Like I said, you got to be patient with them. Take them a few years to get right. But if they do right, they get they be patient. They gonna get this. Gonna be a crazy, crazy thing. You gotta think this is 2013. So LeBron's still in Miami. You give him those couple years. You still you you pair him alongside like Kyrie if they do get that. You know what I mean with Kyrie and Giannis? Cause I don't. It, it just it just be it, it it'd be really really crazy. Um, what's it called? So I I just can't imagine how how this draft would have been or how this team would have been. Like I said, it would have took patience because he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready anytime like earlier. He wasn't anytime. He wasn't ready at the time, but they still got, I believe that, yeah, they had the number one pick three straight years. So they had got Kyrie Irving and then right here, they begin, um, y'all, oh wait, no. Yeah, it was, it was three out of four years. So right here, they begin Kyrie. No, I mean, um, two years before they begin Kyrie, whenever they got Kyrie, I'm over here talking about a draft class we're not even on yet. They'll get Kyrie, they'll get, <clears throat> they have Giannis here, so Giannis and Kyrie working it out and everything. They can still be struggling, they can still be doing everything. And then if LeBron come back when he come back, it'll be even crazier. That big three, we might not ever see him go to LA because he's like, why would I go to LA if I can just stay here? You might see like Kyrie leave still. You might see. I don't really see Giannis leaving because you know he's a he's a once he, he gonna stay with the team that drafted him. That's what it looks like. But anyways, you know Giannis. What's there to say? NBA champion, top three, and he not three. I've already gone over this in my you know Giannis episode. Top three, and he not three. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, I mean, I can see you go either way. You can say him or KG, but. We never know because KG didn't leave that poverty team for a while. He wasted most of his prime years. But if you look at the resume, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Giannis has an all-time great resume, and his resume t- says he's the second greatest power forward of all time. I'm going to die on that hill. And can we go on based off potential? We look at the, you know, what he already done right now, NBA champion, finals MVP, you know, Five-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, Defensive Player of the Year, two-time MVP. 
you know, five-time All-Star and an All-Star MVP. Top five, not five. Top three, not three. All at the age of 26. Man, he got he got a his resumes in the GOAT talk. I mean, I don't ever see him really reaching Tim Duncan, because that's another level. But hey, he got an all-time great resume. And hopefully he can still build on this with Cleveland at number one. We might not ever see him reach his potential because if he has Kyrie and LeBron there, when LeBron comes back, if LeBron comes back now with this, we 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 know we might not ever see this potential, but hey, we I don't know. You can't, you just not, it's not worth taking the chance on passing up. Like I said, top three, not three. Number two, Orlando, they will be taking Rudy Gobert. Not the most offensively talented player, but he's the three-time defensive player of the year for a reason. He brings so much on the defensive side that, you know, but uh, at this time early in the career, before, you know, small ball lineups are going on, he like he can get away with his struggles offensively. I know, like I know, he's another one of those players that's getting slandered right now. But he's an All Star, and you know he's a top big in the league today. Four time All NBA isn't easy. And as I already discussed, he's a defensive talent with all those defense play of the years. Well, his five All Defenses, I mean All Defensive selections show that. Um, he didn't used to be like as targeted to the slander. It was nobody really like slander Rudy Gobert until he signed that big contract and then you had Shaq egging it on and his social media ran with it and he hasn't recovered since and even after like helping Utah to a top seed he still got all that crazy slander um you know you know it was crazy um he for being an all-time shot blocker, he 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 I don't think he's ever gotten over three blocks a game. I might be wrong, but I don't think look at it. I, I don't think he's ever gotten over three blocks a game, if I remember. I heard somebody say that. Uh, I believe he hasn't gotten over three blocks a game. But you know what he does percentage-wise? I look at it like the Tim Duncan effect because if you all I mean Tim Duncan blocks shots, but if you always looked at his his numbers. Tim Duncan was an all-time great defensive player. That's why he has most de- um what's called all defensive teams because and he doesn't have all um what's called a defense player of the year. But if you always looked at the advanced stats and looked at the the percentage of people when they shot against Tim Duncan and all the percentages at the rim when Tim Duncan's there protecting it, like advanced stats show that Tim Duncan was a lot of times the best defender in the NBA, but he never got that nod because all the other numbers weren't flashy. Like he didn't have the most blocks, he didn't have the most steals, he didn't have all the other stuff, but he was contesting and doing so much as a team defender that I see Rudy Gobert doing the same thing. Uh, that Utah Jazz team is not good defensively, perimeter-wise. You take Rudy Gobert off that team, that team's going to look really, really, really bad defensively. Donovan Mitchell's not the best defender. You look at the other players like Ingles, you look at um, Jordan Clarkson, you know, Mike Conley, he's a solid defender, but he's getting up there in age. You look at a lot of their defensive play, like a lot of their players, they, they're good scorers, but they're not good defenders. And Rudy Gobert makes up a lot of, for a lot of their weaknesses by protecting the paint like he does. So you take him off that team and then they look horrible defensively. So he's a solid team defender. Yes, that small ball lineup put him off the court. But we'll see how he comes back and bounces back this year. Um, number three, the Washington Wizards take 
Victor Oladipo. This Wizards team, you know, they made it to the semifinals. It was pretty solid with Bill and Wall. They had Ariza still there. They had Gortat there. They had a Polish hammer. Uh, Otto Porter, what's it called? He, he was good for Washington. He could space the floor, career 40% three-point shooter. But I feel like I, they should still take the best available player. I know fit-wise, Otto Porter will probably be a better fit. But best overall player, I think, is who they should take at three. Especially with how John Wall started struggling with injuries and he kind of fell off later on. Uh, having Victor Oladipo there to make up for that, I feel like that'd be that'd be really crucial. I mean, he's a two-time All-Star and had a crazy, what was that, 2017 or what, 2018? Whichever season that was where, you know, he was on the All-Star team and on the All-Defensive team. You know, he's, he's led the league in steals before and... I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure how the fit will work, but I'm sure. Uh, I think was Whitman there. Yeah, Whitman was their coach at the time. I'm sure he could. He could figure it out. He could figure it out. Uh, number four, Charlotte. I have Charlotte getting the best bucket getter left on the board. Who's CJ McCollum? He averaged 23 points a game last year on 40 percent three point shooting. Man, he's he's close to having like a 40% career three-point, being a 40% point shooter. I mean, you know, some people that if you are hey, if you don't like CJ McCollum, you're not going to give him 40%. But if you rock with him or you're like non-biased, you're going to say he's a 40% three-point shooter because I think, yeah, he's 39.8% for another three as a career. So I'm going to say he's a 40% career three-point shooter. Uh, he's a good second. He's not a championship second option. But he is a good playoff team second option, if that makes sense. And if you're trying to make, like, he's not a playoff team. If you're not on a playoff team, you're like a fringe playoff team, he could be a number one option. But on a contender, he'd be better as a number three option because he can shoot the ball, he can score the ball. But when he's not hitting his shots, he's undersized. He's not really providing anything else on the floor outside of that if he's not hitting his shots. So because of that, I'd say he'd be better off even like that third that third star role and that, you know, just a third option. He doesn't need the ball in his hand all the time. He can he can be on ball, off ball. He can score anyway. He's he's 30 at this point. So what you see is what you get. And what you get is a borderline, maybe kind of fringe all-star and a good third option. So number five, the Phoenix Suns, instead of Alex Lynn, I'm gonna have them See, I was going back and forth right here between Nerlens Noel and Steven Adams because they took a big right here. Both these bigs serve similar purposes because they're both supposed to be defensive bigs, not going to provide much on offense, and they're not either one of them is not going to lead the league in rebounds, but they're both really good defensive bigs. So I think I'm going to take Steven Adams, though, because I feel like he's slightly better and more consistent with his career so far. Know what you're getting from him every night. Don't he's not big on drama. He's a good, he's a really good teammate. You don't ever hear anything bad about him. Offensively, you know, he's not much beneath his nerves or well. But he does all the little things you need. Solid box outs, um, great screens, really good offensive rebounder. That's why you see him having more offensive boards than defensive boards, because he's a good teammate and a good team like rebounder and everything, you see him boxing out one, sometimes two guys, and he doesn't trip over getting the boards. You'll see when he was in OKC, you see Russ getting the board, somebody else getting the board, and you see Steven Adams over there, he doing his job boxing out. Somebody else grabs the board, and then he just run the floor. Don't complain. He's a, you know, he's a good guy, good teammate, and 
you know, taking a guy like this so early in the draft isn't usually ideal. But then again, like I said, this is a weaker draft. So I can understand since they wanted the big man anyway. Take the big man and Steven Adams, who's going to, you know, be a solid starter for you for however many years. Um, at number six, uh, the Philadelphia 76, I'm having them stick with their original pick in Nerlens Noel. He missed the entire first season, so things should play out in a similar way with them getting the top three draft pick uh, the, the next year. And hopefully this time they don't draft three straight centers and give Nerlens Noel. I mean, of course you'd want them to get Embiid and everything, but give Nerlens Noel his chance, play defense, be a defensive big, get a guard, and see what happens. But who knows where it goes. Even if they get a big, the uh, careers play out the same. Who knows? But I still think that they should go with Nerland's Noel here. Uh, number seven, Sacramento. I'm going to have um, them take Otto Porter. This team wasn't a bad – this team wasn't as bad as their record shows. I had to go back and look up this record. <coughs> Not the record. Um, this team, because I was like, who was on this Sacramento team? I don't remember much from this Sacramento team. Outside of IT looking well, I think the next year he went to Phoenix and he still averaged over 20 a game. So I was like, I remember this team only about IT. And when I looked at them, I was like, they had three 20 point per game scores. And I was like, that's crazy. They had IT, Rudy Gay, and Boogie there all averaging over 20 a game. So, you know, have Otto Porter there instead of Ben Melkmore, and you're good. You're good right there because you have a 6 8. 6'9", six, 6'10", six, whatever his height is. Wing, that's a 40% um, career three-point shooter right there beside IT, Rudy Gay, and Boogie. And since he's tall, he can play the small ball four, play the three, and it just it just works out. You got great spacing. He, he's a good comp- complimentary piece. He's not going to be your star. He's not going to be your number one, two, or three. But if you need that number four option right there, shooting 40% from the three and has size, Go ahead and put them right there. It works out. It works out in Sacramento. Not gonna, you know, just add another bucket getter to go along with their other bucket getters. That that provides perfect spacing for them to keep driving, keep doing whatever they want to do. Because it was a slash a lot, especially even for his size, he slashed a lot. Rudy Gay slashed a lot, and Boogie's gonna score inside and out. Uh, this was before Boogie was really shooting threes too, so Boogie was always in the paint. So, we hey that. Having him there to space the floor will work out. Um, number eight, I'm going to have Detroit doing the same thing I have Philly doing and sticking with their pick. I'm going to have them taking uh, KCP, you know, solid rotational piece. He's even shown he can play a key role on the championship team. Even though he got a lot of slack, he still played his role. He still did, you know. Uh, he shot 40% from the three for the first time in his career. I think it was last year, the year before. So, you know. Space the floor, play tough, play hard defense. Go out there and do his job. KCP just stay right there. Uh, number nine, I have Minnesota going with Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Ricky Rubio was here at the time, but Schroeder had his best years as a six man anyway. So I believe this could work out. Even with the controversy going on right now with him fumbling the bag, he's still a good player, and he's just not the player he believes he is. I mean, OKC like. When he was at OKC, he was balling. He had 32 point, uh, uh, 32 games where he had um, twenty point, at least 20 points coming off the bench, which was an OKC record. Uh, I learned that today, actually, that that was an OKC record. I knew he had a lot of, like, balling out, like, games off the bench, 
but I didn't know it was a franchise record for having 20 point per game score. I mean, 20 points a game off the bench, and he had 32 of them, so it looked good, and that was just two years ago. So there's no reason to believe that he doesn't still have that in him. So I'm taking Dennis Schroeder at 9, um, 10. I'm going to have Portland take Robert Covington. Uh, they they got him later in his career anyways, but uh, at the time, Robert Covington went undrafted. You already have Dame and LaMarcus Aldridge right there alongside Wesley Matthews and Nick Batum. So getting what's called C.J. McCollum doesn't really – like, I understand why they did it. It makes sense because he, he he turned out really good, but they don't really need him right now because they still have Wesley Matthews there. A young Wesley Matthews. I don't think I don't think Wesley Matthews was too far in his career right this time. Nick Batum there still, like I said. So you just need that's that's your starting line right there, though. Robert Covington, even though Robert Covington isn't the Robert Covington we see today. Um, let him build up, get there, have another three and D player right there that can guard from two to three, four at this time, and then eventually at the time that we are now, small ball five situations. I think Robert Covington will be a good fit here. 11, I'm going to have Philly once again sticking with their original pick of MCW. I mean, yes, I could have had them take a better – there's not really any much better players here. I could probably have them take like Seth or somebody right here, but – MCW's rookie year was it was it was it was great to watch. I don't want to take that away from Philly fans. And so, like I said, they got Nerlens Noel, and so I changed their draft position. Let MCW ball out, have that MCW effect, ball out, do what he got to do. Keep like he was the only reason that team was very big. Go look at the 2013-2014 roster for the Philadelphia 76 That thing was putrid. Like, it was so bad. It was so, so bad. Like, the only reason to watch was for MCW. So, he was the only reason to watch Philly basketball. So, I don't want to take that away from getting somebody else that's not going to be ready and that's going to struggle early on. At least MCW, his best year in his entire career was his rookie year. Then he fell off after that, which was (coughs) a good thing they traded him before, you know, his trade value went too bad. They obviously knew he wasn't what was projected, but that's why the MCW effect is there. Uh, Number 12, OKC. I just talked about their spacing, so I'm going to have them taking Seth. With Russ and KD being there, once again, this team didn't have spacing the entire tenure together, basically. The spacing was poor. They always had these defensive players, but not these really, really good three-point shooters around Um. Seth Curry is a 44% career three-point shooter. And, I mean, we're going based off percentage and numbers. Even though he doesn't attempt as many as a lot of other people, he doesn't take the – he doesn't have the degree of difficulty on his shots as a lot of other people. If you just look at, like, the percentages and stuff like that, he's, like, top five, top three greatest three-point shooters of all time. But we all know there's context with the degree of difficulty and everything else. But the numbers say he's a top five, top three, three-point shooter of all time. Um, number 13. This pick was Dallas's. They traded to Boston, like I said. And I'm going to have them just sticking with the same thing. Kelly Olenek, bring Kelly back to be a part of um, Boston's IT run. Hey, Boston loved him while he was there. Like, they're, they're, they're just taking one of these other players can probably bring more value, I don't know, in the long run. But at the time, that, that playoff run, that tough nose, 
people liked Kelly O'Linick at the time. You know, he did that thing with K-Love. He turned out to be a dirty player. He did all the other stuff. But Boston fans were riding with him. So I'm going to have let them have their moment. Let us have our moment and keep Kelly O'Linick there. Uh, number 14, Utah. With no more Rudy Gobert, I'm going to have them, you know, take another big man. But obviously this big man, you can't replace an all-star and a multiple defensive player with you know, defensive player of the year winner. So, but he's still, this player is still solid big in the league. And I mean, Hayward's still there. I'm going to have them taking Daniel Tice. I mean, there's not, there's not many other options right now. And so Daniel Tice probably be the best option left on the board at the big man position. Cause like I said, this, this, this draft, this draft isn't, isn't good at all. But anyways, guys, it's been another episode of the Ath Geeks podcast. Always, 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 always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourselves, kings. And we out.